I'm Greg Lambrecht, founder of Intrinsic Therapeutics and one of the inventors of the Barricade Annular Closure Device. In Chapter 2, we heard from Dr. Pierce Dunley, Professor Claudius Tomei, and Professor Roger Hartle on what state-of-the-art techniques they are using to manage the disc today. Now, in Chapter 3, we'll get a preview of what is next for disc preservation. Let's hand it off and enjoy the show. So welcome to Chapter 3. We have been discussing the history of where we've come with disc preservation and some of the current practices to include the Barricade RCT. We are really honored to be joined uh, again in this third segment by Professor Roger Hartle from uh, Cornell and uh, Claudia Stomay. We are going to be free to talk about uh, the future. Uh, this is one of those things where it, it's really fun uh, to have a discussion with. We know where we kind of are now, but where are we going? So, Professor Hartle, uh, you've done a lot of research on preserving the disc and talking about uh, different kinds of disc uh, technologies. I'd really appreciate uh, you kind of opening this segment up and discussing your thoughts about sort of not only where we are, but really where do you think we're headed in 5, 10, 15, 20 years as far as the treatment of the disc? It has always been my and our interest here at Wild Cornell, and now you know, we're merging our programs with Columbia under, under Ox Spines. And we all as a group, you know, we've, we've discussed this, the importance of the interdisciplinary approach to disc disease, not only disc herniation, but degenerative disc disease, low back pain, you know, lumbar stenosis. So the interdisciplinary nature of how we address this as physicians, not only as surgeons, and that entails then, you know, prevention, but then also treatment, and that could be surgical, non-surgical injections, cognitive behavioral treatment, you know, mindfulness, all these things are very, very important. And then the the, the particular subject that has been of interest for us and for my group here is biologics. So we haven't looked that much into implants as the barricade, but we've had a fantastic group that we've been collaborating with at Cornell uh, that is really world-renowned when it comes to tissue engineering and biological regeneration. So that has been my particular interest, but my particular interest in the overall frame of interdisciplinary approach. So I think that uh, you know treatment has to become really focused on the patient's pathology, presentation, expectations, and, and biologics is a very important part of that. Uh, maybe implants, and then, and then certainly all the other things as well. Excellent. And uh, Claudius, uh, uh, what are your thoughts about uh, where we're headed? Well, in, in many of the things, obviously, I agree with Roger, because we've, we've also been doing some research in biological repair of the analysts and some disc um, preservation work and disc cell work, actually. But for the near future, I think the first step will be, for us at least, to look at the device we have now, like the barricade or maybe even other devices come up, and that we see how we can optimize their use looking at perfect patient selection, I'm talking now about the next five years or so, perfect patient selection, knowing exactly how to use the technology, which will also be quite a challenge to, to bring a new technology out to a lot of surgeons that haven't been involved with this. So this is my short-term perspective and, and uh, looking at you know what size to use. Uh, again, I don't want to go into too much detail. Then the next step, I think, would be to combine potentially something like the barricade with a biological solution to really find out whether you can now have a, a not only an implant that is inert, but an implant that kind of heals in and provides annular reconstruction in some way. 
And then for me, the third step, but I'm afraid that's, this will be quite some more time to go, to really go into a biological solution. And looking at care of our patients, Roger is absolutely right that um, the interdisciplinary approach, psychosocial, something that we surgeons hate to talk about and hate to be involved with, I think this is also going to be crucial in the future because we see now, also with the crisis we're having now, that the psychological issues are so much more important than we want them to be, that this will be also an issue in the future. But this is obviously not technological, this is more looking at the whole spine patient. Yeah, I think that is really important. And when we talk about, again, like I said, we treat patients, not MRIs and x-rays. The important thing there, I believe, is that we're looking at that at that whole person. I remember I was uh, David Selby's unfortunate last fellow, but he taught me that, you know, a lot of these patients are chronic pain patients by the time they come to us. And he said, patients in chronic pain, just divide them in two groups. One, they're controlling their pain, and the other, the pain is controlling them. And if they're controlling their pain and meet the indications for surgery, they'll probably do well. But if the pain is controlling them and taking over their life, even though the disc herniation may be the same, their exam may be the same, if you operate on them in that state, your chance of a successful outcome goes down significantly versus trying to address whatever those issues are and get their mind in a better place before the event, which is a traumatic event, which is surgery. I've actually seen this play out in my career and accidentally just gone ahead and operated when I probably shouldn't have and put the, what we say, the cart in front of the horse. I think that's a real thing. So I think uh, Roger's absolutely right, and uh, you are, Claudius, that we're going to have to have a multidisciplinary approach where we're really treating the whole patient and learning the steps and when to do things. I think this is also a good time to also talk about the future of Barricade because obviously uh, we've done a tremendous amount of research and that's turned out well. How do you see, first in Europe and then we'll go to the U.S., but Claudius, how do you see in Europe uh, basically how Barricade uh, will be used and how we can train and teach people the appropriate use of the device so that it uh, will help our, our patients and patient care? For Europe, um, we've had um, instructional courses. I was uh, had the honor to be involved with for quite some years now, um, also throughout the study. And um, I think it's crucial that the the surgeons have some hands-on experience to get a feel for it, um, because when you put the first device in through your regular microdiscectomy or tubular approach, you will say, oh, this is too big, this is not going to work. So people need to get acquainted with it outside of the OR first, which can easily be done now nowadays with simulators or other approaches. And then they also should be trained by people that tell their pearls and show their tips and tricks they have gathered over the years. Because like with every technology, nowadays if you do a T-lift, and you teach your fellows and residents a T-lift, you have so many little things that make your T-lift at the end work out great. Um, and I think it's the same with, with the barricade or any other device. And I, I think the focus should be to use the experience that has been gathered in Europe and to bring that on. And I think that will be the work for the next couple of years. Plus, to identify the patient that's perfectly suited for it and because it's only going to be i would guess 20 25 maybe 30 percent of your patient population depending on where you practice and um, this is the population you have to identify and know about 
And um, that's going to also be important for the success of your treatment or the, the annual closure device. I think that's... Uh, and Roger, uh, what do you think about uh, the U.S. and uh, your experience uh, dealing with uh, new technology? And uh, what would you say to uh, surgeons that are wanting to think about uh, using uh, barricade technology and how to uh, start to uh, um, uh, enter that? Yeah, first of all, I would say that the, the studies that, that you published, uh, you meaning Claudius, and, but certainly shows, show, shows the best uh, evidence uh, available so far of a device that we have to reduce the incidence of recurrent disc herniations. So first of all, it, it's a very, very well done study with very solid uh, scientific evidence that has been vetted by the FDA and by others, as you know, and there had been obstacles posed that were then overcome. So that all tells you that there's a tremendous history here and, and tremendous value. And I think surgeons have to understand that. So we know that now. But, but how, do we, how do we spread that information? I think now with all the Zoom web, webinars that we do on a daily basis, I think it would, be, it would be helpful probably to have surgeons who've done a lot of cases talk about it, like as Claudius mentioned, talked about tips and tricks, case presentations, it should be relatively easy, really, to do this and, and get U.S. surgeons interested and on board in uh, in, in listening to these uh, webinars. And, and then it's just, uh, you know, obviously getting hospital approvals here in the U.S. and, and, and really get it into the practice. And then I think long term, I think, uh, the, uh, as Claudius mentioned, the combination with biologics, you know, biologics have been shown, our work and others, that we're very good at repairing an annular defect. Uh, looking down weeks and months after the treatment, but the short-term, the short-term repair is is the problem, and and that's where barricade obviously comes in as a mechanical device. But if you can marry both, that sounds to me like the best possible scenario. And then I guess the other thing you got to keep in mind, especially now in North America, is the end, the, the movement towards endoscopic treatment. So so how do you how do you come up with something that works for the endoscopic spine surgeon? So those are all really exciting thoughts and ideas, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see what, what's going to happen over the next few months and, and years here. Well, it, it's been a fascinating uh, a career. Uh, we've, uh, each of us have been uh, in these careers about the same amount of time, and uh, what we've, the reason I went into spine was because I looked at what was available, and I thought, you know what? It is always going to be advancing throughout my career, and there's always going to be something new. There's always going to be something interesting, and I love doing research. And I just knew that it was going to be a great career, and so far it has been. And I think what uh, the three of us agree on is it's going to be an exciting career for the people that we're training now that don't have gray hair and uh, are young and bigger. So I think that for the young folks out there, you know, the surgeons used to say, oh, I was in the heyday. It was, uh, I, I trained in the heyday, but now your career is not going to be as good. I don't have that same thought at all. Uh, the, the reimbursements and things may be different, but as far as the love of spine and spine surgery, spine care, I think the future is really bright. And I think for those folks that love being in it, it's going to be just deciding for their career that are, they're just starting it as it was and has been and continues to be for us. Any final comments you'd like to make, Claudius? No, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's. I think we have some new technology on hand. Um, we'll see how endoscopy does. It'll be interesting. But since the last decades, it has been a challenge to 
bring new technology into spine. I'm happy that I was involved with this technology and I think we can advance this further. And your closing statement, if you will, was perfect. So not much to add from my side. <laughs> and Roger. Yeah, P.S. first of all, I, I just want to, what you talked about, uh, the pain controlling the patient, advisor, I think it's incredible. I've never heard this and I, it's so true. I want to point that out. And uh, when I decided to go into spine, you know, I trained as a neurosurgeon, as a brain surgeon. I was worried that, you know, I was never going to use the microscope, no navigation anymore. I was worried about all these things. And now I use these things more than, than my colleagues who do brain surgery. Right. And, and it's really so exciting. And uh, the same holds true for annular repair. I mean, it's such an obvious problem. Even patients identify it as a problem. And I think with Barricade now, we have a viable, proven way of, of really addressing it. And again, this is only going to be the beginning because now, you know, we have, you know, we'll have the device and then we'll work on it. We'll make it better and we'll combine it with biologics maybe. And it's going to be great. So it's, it's really exciting. Great, great. Well, it's been my pleasure, honestly, to uh, spend the last hour with uh, Professor Hartle and uh, Professor Tomei. Uh, Roger and Cladis, you guys are awesome. Um, I know we're tired of these Zoom meetings and uh, things of that nature. Uh, uh, it'll be nice having a nice glass of wine or a beer at some point. And, and it's just a, a really fun time to be in Spine. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, Barricade for putting this on and allowing us to have this uh, this opportunity to chat with each other. And with that, um, we'll say goodbye. Uh, till next time for the series. Has been a pleasure. Thanks, peace again. What a future to work towards. Thank you to the experts for an insightful interview. We hope you've enjoyed. Thank you for listening and for helping us to build a world where lumbar disc herniation doesn't define lives. Next episode begins a new series, so please subscribe wherever you're listening. To watch the full interviews and to learn more about the Barricade annular closure device, head over to youtube.com forward slash barricade. Keep in mind that the products discussed in this podcast have labeling limitations. Barricade is indicated for reducing the incidence of reherniation and reoperation in skeletally mature patients with radiculopathy, with or without back pain, attributed to a posterior or posterior lateral herniation, and confirmed by history, physical examination, and imaging studies, which demonstrate neural compression using MRI to treat a large annular defect between four and six millimeters tall and between six and 10 millimeters wide, following a primary discectomy procedure at a single level between L4 and S1. All medical devices have risks. Please refer to barricade.com instructions for a full list of benefit and risk information. U.S. law restricts this device to sale by or on the order of a physician. The guests on this podcast are consultants of Intrinsic Therapeutics. Mm -hmm.